Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Wonder Woman five minutes by five minutes. Uh, my name is, uh, I almost said Nate, but it's Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. I don't know why I almost said your name. You want to just redo one? Yeah, no, you just say your name. Oh, boy. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And now they know your name because uh, we've said it twice. If they didn't already. Like couscous. Yeah. <laughs> Compare me to couscous. Uh, today we're talking about minutes number 96 through 100. It's week 20 of Wonder Woman. Uh, I don't know why I say week when we're doing it daily now, uh, but this will be the 20th episode that we're doing of it. It's very it's very misleading now. Oh my God, yeah, totally. Because we've been doing weeks, but they're now daily because we're trying to catch up. Because So maybe we just drop the whole week bit. Yeah, we'll just say it's 96 through 100 of minutes one of Wonder Woman. Anyways, today the... The episode's going to start with uh, Steve Trevor doing his 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 spy work on Dr. Maru at the fireplace inside the gala. Uh, and then the minutes are going to end with Wonder Woman returning to the village of Veld, which has been uh, bombed with the new poisonous gas that Germany is testing. Um, and Nate, you said you, you kind of forgot that part. Yeah, 100% forgot the, uh, the bombing of Veld to be like... And if... <laughs> <laughs> and like now I'm like thinking like did I say anything like stupid in like no. the past two days of, of talking about nope. or whatever talking about Veld uh... it only adds to it because you know after she rescued Veld it was it was a very beautiful moment right like it's the, the town is pretty everyone's celebrating there was so much that we talked about last week about it being just an also romantic place regardless of the, the destruction that happened to it um but that's that's why this happens because as in the storytelling aspect you're like like look at all all the heroics Wonder Woman has done she's a hero and all this and then the movie basically says that you can't save everything right mm-hmm. that Ares Ludendorff Doctor Maru these these bad things will still happen and there's no stopping that that is always going to happen which brings us back to the beginning of these five minutes where Steve Trevor's talking to Dr. Maru and we're talking about fire being a living act of entropy and I've said this many times but this is my favorite scene in this entire movie it's it's so good and it's so cool to see it like isolated like in the five minutes and separated from the rest of the movie because when we watch it it's like we're just watching this by like uh influences way into dr maru's like confidence and uh i really love that moment like the like the weird chemistry that they both have like at the fireplace uh but it's fake it's fake but that's so now i'm now i wanted to ask the question of um is that is that that's the first things we're getting into we're, we're talking about uh steve trevor steve and trevor and and dr maru yeah at the fireplace okay so like he's he says this whole thing about fire mm-hmm. and the ultimate weapon living active entropy now i have two things to say about that maybe three but the third one's pretty dark and i don't think i'm gonna say it two things to say about that one <laughs> okay um one is i very much wish and i don't even know because like it maybe it's just like natural or whatever but going into like these uh little allegories Mm-hmm. That one would do when they're like monologuing or talking or just like c- conversing with someone. Like, how do you know, as a normal person, would you know to be trying to, you know, 
spy macking on 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 someone and you look at a fireplace and go to think like this like poetic thing about it or or would you try to just be like you know let's get down to business so that's the first thing the second part it'll come later I, I think I know what you're saying. Like, who just who who meets someone at a who park does that? And like, just do goes, you do that? And then my question is really, do I do that? Is that just I, normal for me? I would do that if I was trying to be like that and suave. Yeah, like suave like that. Yeah, I no, mean, like the soap. But like, yeah, like suavemente the song. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, uh, so in his case, he is a German. Sh- soldier a german captain or whatever so he knows of dr maru and dr maru knows that people would know of her because of her status with ludendorff and everything like her reputation she she understands that her reputation might uh precede her and so he's saying i understand you even though i know of you i know of you more than than like that than your reputation i understand your reputation is what he's trying to say yes and i get that from uh the good doctor now on cbs eight o'clock or so whatever Uh, (laughs) i get that from dr maru's point of view yeah and i understand that is the game that Mm -hmm. steve trevor is playing the spy game that steve trevor is playing yeah i think that's also so so there's there's an understanding between them two now if you're saying two random people meet at a fireplace would i just go into you know it's kind of like a living act of entropy i wouldn't be saying that you sure you wouldn't that's not your that's not your icebreaker hey oh I mean, I might say it now because uh, you're gonna see Wonder Woman. <laughs> When's the last time you watched Wonder Woman? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So now my real question is: Do you think that whole fire akin to entropy bit is? I said bit and cut it off. But do you think his whole thing that he's doing is? Uh, did he take that from Maru's journal? Do you think? Do you think maybe like she wrote that somewhere and he was like, okay, I get it. And is she like looking upon him like, how do you know that? I, she's almost looking at him like, you're understanding too well, and I'm connecting with you too much, but also, you're still a stranger. It seems like she's too accepting too quick. Unless he were to say something that was directly like from, how do you know that other than my journal? Or we are the same weird, you know? You know, I just realized that he did steal the journal and then like sank into the ocean and somehow that journal stayed intact and then he brought it over to london and it, it, it must was have, in his pocket his pocket whole journal. self was in the water the plane was in the water man ink <laughs> so it ink, was ink was different in it had to dry it dried out eventually right like it was closed um so yeah i i would uh, they did read through it that's how they figured out the formula for the gas the new type of uh, mustard gas so he, Mustard, yes. Put that on my spicy turkey sub, huh? <laughs> Please don't. I don't know if you can say that. Is no. that is, is, are we past the point of mustard gas? Is it too soon to make mustard gas jokes? Colonel mustard gas. <laughs> but anyways, so, uh, yeah, I do think that he must have read it, and then, like, that's how he got to know of her so well. And then He uh, did the spy work on he her. Did he the, did, we he gotta, did, yeah, we, he we did. have to know that he did the homework. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did see... Wasn't he looking at, through the journal at some point... Uh, on the way back to Themyscira or did he have it in his hand he when they were going may- to sleep maybe he read it on the boat I'd have to relook at it yeah and then um, or he was doing a map they, they were looking at it when they were in the war room um, not the war room the other room the, the more private room 
The one with um, it was like a hallway. Colonel Haig and and all of them. Oh put yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So um, I think he they definitely were reading it there. So they maybe they read read more for personal notes. Uh, and so yeah, he's he's definitely like if this was an RPG, he's hitting like the the persuasion choices on oh, the yeah. dialogue and like getting, um, like charisma up out the yin yeah. Yang. He's got like the yeah. max. He's min maxed on charisma, right? Um, no, he's he's really really good. I guess suave would be the best way to describe it, but he's absolutely killing it. And like out like when you isolate this from the rest of the movie, it's definitely like a war movie spy scene it's like straight out of Val- uh, valkyrie it yeah well yeah and like the really heavy it's so weird that like that movie is referenced so often at least between the two yeah, of us we don't. but it's really just because of the set design and the props and the costuming that they used in that film of how it's like i guess this is what my idea of the german high command army is supposed to look like the uniform the 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 the, the vehicles the the forest uh, bunker or whatever those types of things um, I was going to ask I guess because it's like a modern World War II spy movie and for some reason we don't reference Inglorious Bastards that was going to be my second follow up why, like, why don't we reference a Tarantino uh, World War I guess it's just World maybe War II all, but... maybe because every spy moment in that movie is foiled <laughs> like they're all they all fail like I don't know it's it's weird but valkyrie is like a constant spy movie from start to finish whereas inglorious bastards is multiple point of views and some of them Chapters, don't end up yeah. well yeah so i get it so because they're it. not successful we don't reference it it's as not much. the same all the way through yeah but it, it is at the same time but it's not like german uniform all the way through mm-hmm. um i really like that valkyrie movie i don't know why it's a good movie it, I, I think it, is it. I haven't watched it in a long time. Is it a good movie with bad Tom Cruise, or is it just like Tom Cruise take him or leave him? Is there bad Tom Cruise? I think, Maybe that's the question. I don't, I don't know if there is. I don't think there's. I don't think there's bad Tom Cruise. I don't. I don't think there's bad Tom Cruise. You got to say it a couple times because it makes you think, and it's like, oh man, is that really the case? And I think it is. Yeah, there's like some like the cheesy, and it's like okay, it's Tom Cruise. But then it's like you don't complain about Nick Cage. Now we're just I don't think there's bad Nick Cage. Apples and oranges. Um, I think it's the movies that they're in, and he's just doing his thing, and they're just doing their thing, like Mickey Rourke. I think if you're seeing a movie with Nick Cage or Tom Cruise in it, you know they what you're can't. For? They are never the worst part of a. If the movie is bad, I don't think they're the worst part yeah, of it. I think you're right. I think they're the best part of a bad movie if yeah. the movie's bad. Yeah. Okay. okay. So then, by that logic, Valkyrie can, is an all-around good movie. I feel like this is a movie. rabbit hole. I, I will go down. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but uh, I feel like you could go down that rabbit hole. It's well, yeah. Um. So with that being said, this this whole part. Uh, did you have another point for the Dr. Maru, Steve Trevor bit? Yes, but I can't remember. It's okay. I, I, I just think, and maybe we can't really talk too much about it because it's more of just like people watching that scene. But, you know, what what they're talking about with like her fascination with entropy and, and, and things like that. We talked about it many times with Dr. Maru's character every time she shows up in the movie. Um, but there is 
there is something to at least I feel like there's there is something to sympathize with the character why she's fascinated with entropy why why does it make her feel good um questions like that I think stem from her you know her trauma that's how she copes so it's what she's found out that makes her happy is um playing around with things like fire whether it's literally or figuratively so it's a it's a great character it's a great villain moment i would say like this is how you explain a character even if it's you know uh, a sub boss if you will a side villain not the main villain of the story um she's definitely not a red herring like ludendorff is but she's not Ares, the the god of war um she's just like this side as like supporting villain if you will but it's such a great way to do a villain like that and and to explain like what their motive is why they do what they do and there's a little bit of sympathy that you get even though it's it's all a con by steve trevor it's still a great way to bring out why that character is why do they operate as so um and definitely makes it one of my favorite favorite villains of the dc cinematic universe i really like how this um, character was is introduced or described in this scene so are we missing anything uh scene wise or exposition wise for dr maru i don't think so like that's why i'm saying like in this scene right here she seems too gullible to be wooed by steve trevor now i don't know if that is that might just be a compliment on steve trevor and his spy skills but i also feel like i want to compliment dr maru and feel like she is stronger and more independent than that to be so quickly encapsulated maybe he's just really just charming i think that's what it is just in the moment because she does gain her bearings you know immediately here you know as as diana enters i think i think it's it's the battle of the wills between the two characters like she is um she definitely has her flaws and i think steve trevor is tapping into that which is why, for once, she see, she seems gullible in that sense. But it definitely is like her in shock that this person understands her so well. And so she she is captivated by that. But it's only when Wonder Woman breaks that, like distracts him of that and takes him out of it, and then we get back to Steve Trevor instead of that German captain, German captain that she's like, oh, I get it. So you think you understand me, but you don't. And so that's when she breaks away. Hmm. So um, I th- I'm pretty sure we've talked about her m- many times. So I think we understand her completely. Um, but I will say that it's the way they block the shots with her, the way that they, they frame her as she, as she looks at Steve Trevor with like the porcelain prosthetics and everything. It's a very good looking character design. I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, and, uh, like she does the voice real well. She has a really cool voice that she puts on, um, where she says things like we work well together in, in regards to Ludendorff and stuff like that. The character is really well done. I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. By far. I, I absolutely love this scene. I, I think it's amazing. I could rewatch this scene over and over again. The, like even the reflection of the fire is very nice. That's so cool. Would you wear a porcelain uh, prosthetic if you had to? 
<laughs> uh, can we make those in style again? Um, it would be. I mean, I feel like they're just. Uh, I mean, there's like better ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we got skin grafting, right? No, I was just saying prosthetics. There's better prosthetics. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. What did Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan have? Something made, uh, what the space shuttle was made out of titanium. I think that's what he said. In the what? Movie. <laughs> I thought he just didn't have legs. <laughs> did you not watch the end of the movie? He gets legs. Whoa! Oh my God, he's shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Hey, this guy doesn't know the end of Forrest Gump. I don't think I remember that. <laughs> I don't think I remember him getting legs. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, he's at the wedding. I'm not looking at his legs. It's a whole thing. He shows Forrest. I don't remember that. Magic legs. I don't remember that. That's funny though. I have to rewatch so that movie. I don't watch Forrest Gump all the time like some people do. Um, I don't. Think, I've seen it. Do I people th- watch it? I think I've never start, seen it. From I mean, start to finish, I've seen Forrest Gump twice. And I'm talking from start to finish. In parts, I've seen the movie many times. Yeah. Start to finish, I've seen it twice. Oh, no. I've seen it start to finish a bunch of times. In parts, a lot because it would always play on, like, you know, TBS or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like a five-hour movie or something on cable. Oh, yeah, with commercials and yeah. everything. Yeah. It's a long movie. Um but yeah, I feel like um, I always want to say like, oh no, I we watched it in school. Like we took a week and watched it in school. Yeah, but, you had to uh, watch it in school at least once, right? I don't think. No, I don't think I did. I remember oh, I it, like being talked about a very heavy thing. Like, why don't we just watch Forrest Gump? It's like, well, it's not real, but you can relate to it. It's the same thing. Like, why don't you listen to that Billy Joel song? We didn't start the fire. Is that Billy Joel? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about Billy Idol. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't know. You're confusing me now. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. Let's move on. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's when we come to this. Uh, you know, Diana enters in. She's got the sword dress. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is just a suspension of of belief here. You just have to, you just have to agree that there's a sword in this dress. Oh, it's in her butt. Yeah, we know it. It's it's on the internet. We saw the cutaway. Yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure that cutaway picture is in the art of bookmark. I'm sure someone has tried to do it. Uh, the real a, sword? It's a cool design. It's, it is a cool design. I wonder if anyone's ever done a cosplay. Of sword swallowing uh, butt Wonder Woman? <laughs> sure. Sword, sword butt swallowing sword Wonder dress, Woman? W- sword dress woman. I'm sure someone has tried to do it. Uh, it would be a cool cosplay to see, I guess. But you'd have to have like... A German Steve Trevor with you. What did you so? Did you say you said sword dressed woman like short dressed man, like sharp dressed man? Sharp dressed. What did I say? Short short people. That's right. Is everyone sharp dressed man? Is every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man, or is it everyone's crazy? Like non binary, like anyone could be. I, I, if I were to guess, it'd be binary. Yeah, ZZ Top. ZZ Top. Did you make this song oh, gender oh, neutral oh. <laughs> or gender neutral? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's so funny. I think it's everyone's crazy about a sharp dressed man. So kudos to ZZ Top for keeping it gender neutral. All right. Uh, yeah. So I, I yeah, uh, sword dress woman. It's it's a great dress. It is cool. Uh, Ludendorff. I guess I always glossed over this part where he's talking about uh, Aries and like the 
you know, the war machine, like keeping war going. But that's like Ares putting the idea in his head. It has to be. Well, no, he he was like that in real life. Ludendorff was what he's saying right there. He's he probably had that conversation in real life. Hmm. Um, that because that's the kind of guy he was. Yeah, which makes him perfect as the red herring. Uh, I love that slow motion shot of her reaching for the sword. That's a really good moment. Um, where's the slow motion ticker that we had? Oh, uh, there's probably like 20 slow motion <laughs> parts that we missed. But uh, I I think one of the the chemistry that Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, and Steve Trevor, Chris Pine have throughout this whole movie, it's 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 made better when they have those those arguments. Like how their chemistry on the boat when they're meeting for the first time, their chemistry throughout, like at Veld, everything. And then like now they're having an argument here and they're going to have an argument tomorrow when we talk about the, you know, what happened at Veld. It's, it's great. The way that they argue with each other, the way that she's like... Um, the way that he still believes in her mm-hmm. and has belief in her beliefs... But he still has to be like, yes, that could be a possibility, but what if it's not? You know, it's always, he, he's always, it's good to be like that rational. And I don't know if that's a toxic trait. Uh, sometimes I catch myself feeling like I do that, where you have to like revert to exact logic and think about every single possibility and not just on a, you know, a, 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 a set mind set. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to entertain the thought of all things. And I feel like Steve Trevor, the character, this Steve Trevor, Patty Jenkins Steve Trevor, does that extremely well. And not a, we've said it so many times, and not a mansplaining way and not a, look, dumb kid, you don't know how this works kind of thing. Exactly. It's really just, wait, yes, you're right, but also, what if you're wrong? Yeah. Like, do you have what? It's just you have to think about what if you were wrong. It's it's that simple thing. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Sometimes I feel like that's how you have to deal with um, stubbornness. I guess. Yeah, I've had my fair share of run-ins with stubbornness and stubborn people, and having to be like. Yes, your mindset is valid, but so are the million and thousand, trillion, billion, infinite other possibilities that are valid. And you have to consider that thought process, too. It's a, it's just like her, her mission... You are not always right, kind of thing. Her mission has been to kill Ares this whole time. And uh, there he is, she thinks. And... Uh, she thinks... Yeah, Vesa being friends, Star Wars. <laughs> She's trying to like cut this man down right here in the, in the entire gala. Uh, there's is there's just a lot of red flags here, and uh, I, yeah, like you said, they do a great job of of directing such a, a supporting character to not be, you know, in into the the mansplaining realm, and and to continue being. A really good supporting character, regardless of of, of they have a re- romantic relationship or not. So it's it's absolutely well done here. Um, and you know, I think 
I think they do this really well where she she wants to do this. She wants to kill Ares. And then they also have to be like, okay, well, now we're going to we're gonna really cut you down. Not only can you not kill Ares right now, is we're going to go ahead and wipe out that village you saved. And you can see when they leave the gala that you see that, like, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. What a is cannon? It? Yeah. It's like an anti-air cannon. Yeah. Anti-artillery. Or, uh, yeah, anti-air. Artillery, anti-artillery. No, because it's it's meant to shoot up and land back down, right? Well, that's like mortar style. Yeah, but that's not just. But like it's a huge a, mortar. Yeah, no, it is that, a huge that, mortar. That's not a mortar though. That cannon is like, like an anti-air, like anti-artillery. Like that's yeah, supposed, like, that is that cannon is supposed to shoot the missiles volleying. It's like meant you. to like take out a bomber. Like it's, yeah, or or just you know the planes that are up in the air. Like I don't think it could hit like a regular fighter plane. But it, it definitely Wait, could. Wait, it's too big like Star Wars style with the X-Wings? It's way too big. But it does look... It's a huge cannon. It is a it's massive, massive cannon. It's a massive cannon. It's a big cannon. So, but And then they shoot that that mortar shell out. I guess they knew it was going to come back down and hit Veld. Um, yeah, of course. They planned that. But jeez. This whole segment that we're watching here where she rides out into the into the forest and uh we see steve trevor chasing after her this was like in the first trailer that we ever saw i think it was even in like the teaser footage of her riding through this forest it's a great it's a great scene um but i think just like her reaching the village and you don't see the village at first you just see her walking into like um some orange smoke uh is absolutely amazing. You brought up a reference to what Bruce Wayne does in, in Dawn of Justice, which I think might be a good parallel for that. I think I've also seen it on Twitter as well. Um, the slow motion shots of this, <clears throat> Diana walking in, uh, the gas, Bruce in the destruction of the Wayne building in the Metropolis. Wayne Tower. Um, and I guess it had, and then you brought this up to my attention, and I guess it had to have been. I'm sure I could go back and find Twitter and actually what the posts were, but Superman in the Capitol building after yeah. the hearing uh, was bombed. Yeah, and you said it's it's the feeling that our heroes have to go through of powerlessness, the feeling of powerlessness, mm-hmm. which turns good men <laughs> cruel. Cruel could turn demigods cruel too if they wanted, <clears throat> as we'll as we see in this movie. Yeah, but like, you know, for like a week or so. Yeah, for like a few moments. And then she's like, nah, Power of Love is better. Power of Love. It's a better song, in my opinion. I mean, Huey Lewis starts blurring. Yeah. I think we already did a Huey Lewis in the news joke last week. I think we did, but also if in 84 they put on sports and it's like Power of Love happening, I'm going to cry. Because people have already seen the movie, damn, we probably should have done like a... Uh, place your bets on on needle drops. <laughs> I wonder yeah, what they'll do. I just don't want it to be too cliche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I hope there are some good needle drops in that movie though. Uh, but I will say yes. The the parallels between this Veld scene, like her going back to Veld and it being totally eradicated by the the poison, and then Bruce Wayne at the Wayne Tower debris for the Battle of Metropolis and then mm-hmm. Superman at the hearing. What about Superman on the ground level of Metropolis with Zod 
in the ashes. If he would have failed, yeah. <clears throat> I definitely would have seen that. Well, he failed Krypton. Well, you could say General Zod failed. Ingo with his his perspective on things. Uh, yeah, that and feeling then, of and powerlessness you, turned good men cruel. You can also have that same conversation of them being two sides of the same coin. That but then you also have to think like <laughs> Krypton dying was what turned General Zod cruel because he. It wasn't cre- just Krypton dying. He led to the 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 coup, the coup on 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 Krypton on. Yeah, Kandor. there was more to that though. There was more to that. Um, Read the prequel. We did. Yeah, oh yeah. Right? We did episodes. Listen to the prequel episodes. Uh, I feel like that's that's another whole rabbit hole you can go down. Is is that powerless turning good men cruel? Because then you it's also, just this turn. Yeah. You also have you know Lex Luthor's dad, who probably didn't give him anything or despised him, and that made him cruel. And so now he has everything his dad ever owned, and he still felt cruel. That's a rabbit hole. Yeah, what is also said, um, knowledge is power, but what is the use? Uh, Are you trying to qu- quote Lex Luthor? Yeah, because he says that directly. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, I don't want to get... Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 but like that, ah. exp- that, what Lex says in that moment should explain his character exactly as it relates well, to him our also, hero's him, feeling of powerlessness. Him also like ending up in rampancy when he's doing that speech is the character. Like I think a lot of people overlook that because I think at the time a lot of people were still criticizing yeah. Jesse's performance as Lex Luthor, no, but it was, it was like, no, that that there, rampancy. And then the he, rooftop. Yeah, where he, that is Mother him. of God, look at the time. It's That's that's Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think like what other things might have been for for Superman as, as like a feeling of powerlessness, but I think the Senate hearing is the one. It's like the Senate hearing. Jonathan Kent, Tornado. yeah. Uh, Bruce Wayne trying to save Jack, whoever that guy was. And, <laughs> hey, come on, give it up for my boy Jack. Pour one out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the Wonder Woman here at Vell. This is a fantastic scene, and then it, I, it's this one, and then. Later on, when she does kill Ludendorff and realizes it changes nothing, uh, it's really nice to see Gal Gadot go to these really emotional moments of um, of, of anger. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like it's so important to see Wonder Woman like that. It's so important. Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, it's really important to see Diana get to these moments of like a frustration and of pain because. I, I kind of want to draw the line when there's too much serious Wonder Woman, although I feel like we should probably see more of that again because I also don't want to see always happy Diana. I want to see like what angers her, and it's moments like these that Patty Jenkins really brings out like that character. And like, okay, yeah, she's she's compassionate, and she's loving, and all that. And, like, you know what's also great to see? Hmm? That she's not like super bounding jumping or flying or anything over there or like using like really fantastical power she's still getting on a horse to travel mm-hmm. fast like that but like and I'm going on to you where you don't want to like that I want to see more of that I want to see more of vulnerability from the character and relatability I guess in a way of a um flawed hero I guess I should say um because, I mean, I, I, I have my mental picture painted of my hero aspirations. And, of course, Wonder Woman 
but I want to be able to relate to the flaws like how I do with Batman and Superman. I haven't studied the character as much, so I, I, I don't know them below the surface, you know? So going on your point of, like, you want to see more serious Wonder Woman, you want to see more emotional Wonder Woman or, or not happy or poppy. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, and I, I don't want to... I'm right there with you. I don't want to think of people to think of it as dark and gritty Wonder Woman. I don't want to see it... I don't want to see Wonder Woman for Wonder Woman's sake. Yeah. You know, in the beginning of Justice League, how she's going around and doing super crazy, you know, uh, breaking up the bomb or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's like... We, I mean, that's that's that. It just seems like it's almost you're you're spoon feeding me a fanfare of a superhero. Yeah, and but, I've already been that, getting that for <laughs> the past twenty nine years of my life. I think that's because that's. I want to see this. I want to see the conversations. I want to see Batman feeling like complete ass, walking through ashes of buildings with death all around him. I want to see Superman feeling like. I'm not supposed to do this. Why do I exist? I want to see Wonder Woman in so much pain and heartbroken because I already have the other side of the coin. Yeah, I, I will say for Justice League, though, because it is a team-up film that you have those, like, we talked about it before. You Entrances. Have, yeah, you have, like, uh, you have your Justice League Wonder Woman, but then in Wonder Woman, the movie, you have your multifaceted character I yeah guess. the and batman one's really hard for me too to watch in justice league just because it's so and like i get it like i, yeah. I i've read the comic so many times and i've seen it and i understand but like it's still so it just doesn't feel right it feels like you're trying to be too tim burton for the sake of this they is not trying. this is nostalgia batman and it's like that's wrong <laughs> <laughs> it's wrong given the given like what has just happened in and the yeah it's wrong given the climate of the character yeah it's we've come so far and you cannot take me back to 1989 i feel like uh there's so much more to explore with these characters that i'm done with the foundation i need to see bigger narrative i need to see more in-depth character development and dichotomy yeah i would agree and i think that's, that that's why i like this movie so much even though a lot of people give the third act uh some criticism and i think it's because she fights a cgi bad guy but it's like there's so much going on in this third act like as far as your perspectives your beliefs like what you know what makes these characters tick that they do such a great job explaining that like with their emotional and yet, you show me one scene out of a Spider-Man movie that isn't CGI. These new ones. Oh yeah, which I—that's uh, always my thing—is like I, I don't like people's criticism on a third act being based on whether whether or not they fight a CGI creature. It's just what I, I, like, I've always felt like. That's what you're my first thought is. Books. Yeah, my <laughs> first—it's like how reading. many giant monsters have you seen your hero punch or whatever? Yeah. Like, um, it, it's just my first thought about like whatever the. Uh, big baddie is that yeah. the hero has to to fight. It's always whatever. What does that thing represent? Yeah. F all. If it's if it's a, f for lack of a better term, flying spaghetti monster. Sorry if I offended people. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, I see what but you're saying. Though. Like screw. It doesn't matter. Is yeah. that flying spaghetti monster an inner demon of this character that I need to yeah. like literally understand what the fight is about, or yeah. is this just a giant robot that? I don't care about and Superman can use his x-ray vision to realize that it's a giant robot and I can fly right through it it's 
just those things. Yeah, there's the, what is the rep, what is the representation? What does it represent? Like what I don't is care Ares if it's represent? a CGI yeah. monster? And if it's a CGI monster, hell yeah. It's 2020. Movies are great right now. <laughs> you want to put a giant CGI monster in a movie? Be my guest. That's great. Yeah. There's a you know all, all I'll say is, you know, sometimes third acts get like such harsh criticism cuz they're not like ending on some Nolan twist of of you know what modern you should use your real name Robin fuck out of here oh I don't know I don't know anything I don't know anything about that (laughs) I don't I don't know anything about JGL Robin I don't know I I don't know I'm just saying like I don't think I don't think movies deserve I don't think movies deserve criticism super especially superhero movies do not deserve criticism just because bad guy is CGI no like it's just like okay uh and it's a comic book movie i don't know what what you're looking for here it really is a uh, catch-22 of the the nolan batman's huh dark knight trilogy yeah ever since the dark knight everything has like some weird standard to it i don't know where everything has to match up to it maybe because movies were also getting better at the time i don't know i don't don't know. know uh let's put a pin in this for now we'll come back tomorrow um, if you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Minute. Uh, what is it called? The DC Cinematic Minute Listeners Society. Oh, yeah, there we go. And uh, you can also find us on Doom Patrol Radio, where we're talking about episodes of Doom Patrol. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for more Wonder Woman Minute. <laughs>